And welcome to the Ice Tea and Meme Show with your host, Noel Dog. I got my iced tea here. I got my meme book. We got a good guest, so stay with us. We'll be right back with the Ice Tea and Meme Show hosted by Noel Dog. Welcome back to the show. This is my monologue portion of the show. Without further ado, let us begin. Last week was the on the road for some teams as the Pittsburgh Steelers came out on losing end again. Cleveland Browns ending their once promising playoff um, hopes. What was what was once a dominant team quickly changed to the Delonte West at the NFL. <laughs> Being a fan of the Steelers is worse than thinking Joe Biden will make it four years as president. That was funny. Uh, just like the Steelers, the Seahawks were also on the losing end this past weekend as they and their playoff hopes against the Rams and their backup quarterback. Most thought that the Seahawks would win it all, but just like the Celtics in the playoffs, they came up on the short end and shot the bet, as always. <laughs> what was surprising this weekend was the Washington football team almost beat the Tom Brady-led Bucks in the playoffs, led by backup quarterback Tyler Henneke, who, surprisingly, before he was signed to the team, was taking classes at college to get his degree. <laughs> the Bucks losing to the Washington football team would, would have been like OJ going to jail, not for murdering his ex-wife, Waiter, but we're trying to get back his old number that he sold. <laughs> it was a weekend of first as Lamar Jackson got his first playoff win against the Titans this, uh, this past weekend as they were moving on further into the playoffs. I'd be amazed at this feat, but Michael Jackson not sleeping with kids is more interesting than the Baltimore Ravens this year. <laughs> it was almost a down bad moment as the sweats in the Xbox lobby say it was Bill Belichick being nominated for the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Trump earlier this week. And Frost got gratitude and accepted it in his own unique way. Belichick saying more, anything more than a grumple is more rare than an obese man seeing his penis. But Jim Jordan and Derek Nunez were awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Trump last week in the last minute attempt to grab the headlines. If my research was correct, this is the first noted recognition of the highest form of ass kissing in history. During the Capitol building riots, it was made official that President Trump was kicked off of every social media platform website after saying a dangerous form of violence. What's funny about this is that the only platform he wasn't banned from was OnlyFans. Too bad the only people that want to see his small penis are the ones he paid to be quiet. This past Sunday, Nick Saban and Alabama won their seventh college football playoff national championship together against the Ohio State University Buckeyes for the further setting his place in the history books. Nick Saban winning a national championship is like Fox News being bullshit. Don't care. Huh. It was made official over the weekend that the Philadelphia Eagles were, were to part ways with their head coach Doug Peterson after six years in the Super Bowl after ending his time there with a rather dismal 2020 season. Bill's management said they had different thoughts on the future plans for the team, although most say it's because Peterson six more than uniform milking cow bruised teats. Huh. Earlier this week, it was made official as the House of Representatives were moving forward with the articles of impeachment against Donald Trump for the second time of his presidency. For some, Christmas or birthday is the best day lives for Democrats watching Donald Trump crumble in the headlines. First letting Melania Trump came under fire again as her most recent speech was a little sketchy according to people who accused her of recycling old parts of an older speech into this current one. To be honest, I don't understand the fuss about this since all she does is take pictures of rugs during government sieges and not give me a fuck about Christmas decorating in kids in border cages. <laughs> you have to set the standards low for her since there hasn't been a first lady who's done so much for not so much of nothing since James Buchanan's wife when he was president. That's funny because James Buchanan didn't have a wife. And one of the more questionable moves made by the NFL this year, the Bears played their un the undeserved playoff came against the Saints, which was played on Nick Lennon this weekend, as the Saints would win in dominating fashion. And seen such so much cringe that night since girls started makeup started making TikTok dance videos in public. Boom. And some more happy news, Goodfellas is back on Netflix again for what seems like the one millionth time. 
Not that there's anything wrong with that, but Goodfellas has been added to and taken off Netflix more times than Trump moving adding new followers to his administration. In odd but not surprising news, it was announced that Lindsey Graham was on Air Force One flying down to Texas earlier this week with Trump. What's surprising about this Southern stack of shit is that just the week prior, Graham was admitting to that both by winning the election and how Trump played a part in the siege of the Capitol. It shows that no matter how large the pile of shit is, flies always come to eat. But in entertainment news, it was made public, although a rumor Chris Pratt may be potentially taking over the role as Indiana Jones in prequels or spinoffs to Harrison Ford completes Indiana Jones 5 in 2022 at the age of 80. Chris Pratt is starting to turn into the Joe Pesci of Indiana Jones step roles. Just wait for 40 years from now, an 80-year-old Chris Pratt is still acting in roles where he's still doing movies similar to Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones. I thought this joke was funny, just like Browns fans thinking their team is making a turn for the better after the season. What was a shock earlier this week was the news of Liz Cheney making it public that she would be voting in favor of Trump's second impeachment. Cheney, the third highest-ranking Republican, often known for ultra-conservative politics, thought that Trump's actions during the siege was the ultimate act of disrespect and treason to the U.S. Constitution. This was this is funny. This was funny hearing this come from the daughter of a man who shot shot a man in the face with a with a shotgun hunting quail. But biggest meme of the year wasn't alt right Republicans getting triggered that their special the special chat app parlor was taken down and banned by every platform. But Mitch Trubinsky winning the MVP during the Bears vs Saints wildcard game by Nick Lennon last weekend. People of Nuclear and created a poll for who they thought was going to be the MVP of the game, and of course, the fans trolled so hard that they even showed them giving the award to Drabinsky. What's even more funny is that the difference of percentage points was 40. Drabinsky had 48, Alvin Kamara had like 8%, and the other person had 1%. And which is even more funnier because the guy with 1% was the only player to get a post-game interview. And finally, the U.S. government was in the news this weekend, and not just for excusing Trump getting away with domestic violence and terrorism, but for setting a prison record. Lisa Montgomery, a convicted killer who strangled a pregnant woman and then cut the unborn baby from her room, was executed Wednesday, became the first woman put to death in the federal system since 1953. That's our show. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Aunt Restus. Welcome back, everyone, to the show, the Ice Tea Show, the old dog here, truly, episode number six. And I'm pleased to present a dear friend of mine, a close friend teammate, whatever you want to call it, Andrew Estes. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for joining us. It, it, it took quite a bit today, record, uh, getting everything going, getting everything situated, figuring out a time, but we are finally here. So thank you for pushing through the uh, difficulties of scheduling a few minutes ago. But uh, now we're here. So thank you again. Of course, man. So uh, that, that, that pesky disc uh, cannot be, took some time out and paying e-bill for school, it's, it's a tough world out there. But, yep. uh, <laughs> um, so how, how, how's it been though? How's, how's it been up in the uh, grand old uh, state of Massachusetts in, in Bridgewater at, at school? Um, you know, not too bad. Uh, you know, I've been flying a little bit uh, off for winter break, so that's nice. We go back in a couple weeks or so. So looking forward to the the next semester and all that. I, I was I was wondering when I was you know when I was putting it typing up my notes you know for points I want to mention, but I was wondering how it's been during this pandemic, whether it be you know just flying in general or you know going to school, com- from comparing you know the first time COVID came around, the first wave of it compared towards now when it's kind of juiced itself up. Um, I mean, like so flying like during the pandemic like. You know, they have a lot of rules over at where I fly. Like, you know, you have to wear a mask all the time. You have to wear a mask in the plane. So if you have sunglasses on, that can be an issue sometimes in regards to like, you know, they fog up and all that. 
So that's something to cope with. Um, and obviously before the pandemic, we didn't have to do that. So that's just an adjustment for sure. Um, there's a lot of, you know, quarantine rules, especially in school, you know, you gotta be careful who you're around and close contacts and all that. And so it's always something to look out for. Has it had, has it had any effect to the, like, I mean, specifically now, I guess, or the first wave, has it had any effect on you scheduling flying or, you know, your schedule as flying in general, or, you know, would have been different beforehand? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, um, in March, so when everything shut down, so everything at the flight center where I fly shut down too. So they shut down everything. Like we couldn't go near the airplanes for, I could, I didn't go back until July 20th. Oh, wow. That was when they let me go back. So that was definitely a long time. I missed it a lot, but it was definitely very rewarding to get back into it again. Well, it, it, that, and I'll mention what I was going to say next, but it definitely gives you a sense of, you know, you know, realization that, you know, thank God that, you know, I'm not really suffering from this or I haven't been affected from this. And, you know, there are, you know, bigger things to worry about than, you know, yep. something like that. But um, how often were you flying um, prior to COVID or, you know, after the first wave compared to now? Um, usually I, I was scheduled. I was on the schedule. So two times a week I was supposed to go. But a lot of times there are some like schedule issues or weather would hold me back a little bit. So average, I'd probably get up like once a week, give or take, like just during the school week. But uh, during like breaks, like school breaks, especially uh, spring break last year, right before the pandemic shut everything down, I, I got up a bunch of times and I was really glad about that. And then unfortunately that changed for a few months. Um, is it now where, where you're flying? Um, is it like an actual, is it like an airport or is it like a actual like flight school? What, what is the. Yeah. So, um, it's the, it's called it's So it's located at an airport. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's located at a new Bedford regional airport. It's, it's not really close to anything like notable. I guess. I mean, it's kind of near UMass Dartmouth. It's probably like 10 minutes away. Um, and then, the university of uh, Bridgewater state university where I go to school, they, that they own like a, a building that's attached to the airport. That's like their, where they all their flight operations are. So that's where I go and I check in and I fill out some paperwork before I go out to the plane and then go flying and come back. That's like kind of our home base. Now I've the last few guests I've had on this um, program have all, um, not all of them, but one of the, I had to do one last episode was with two people, but two out of three people have had on the show prior uh, either live in uh, live in Massachusetts, and now you're a student going to school in there in the state. How would you assess the uh, response to COVID as someone who's going to school in the state that's that they're not living in? So, like, like traveling and stuff. You mean? Well, like, it, like I mean, you go to school in Massachusetts, and the the um obviously you you probably would have a different or an opinion on how it's been handled, um, whether at school level or statewide compared to people who, you know, live there. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way they've handled it, like how Massachusetts has handled it, I think they've handled it just as well as a lot of the other states in the area. They have a lot of the same rules, like travel restrictions and stuff. But since I'm a student, I'm able to go back and forth to Mass because um, I go, I go, usually go back and forth once a week. So I kind of fit that that kind of rule there but um like the school itself too has handled it really well they have a lot of pretty good policies i feel pretty safe there so nothing yeah. too much to worry about i want, I want to you know go back uh, go back in time as i say back in the old time machine um 
going into school, going into college and deciding, you know, where uh, going to Bridgewater and then becoming a pilot. I want, I was wondering if you could kind of go over the process of what you, why you wanted to become, uh, going to school to be a pilot and, you know, what the steps it takes to, you know, get a degree or whatever you want to call it in uh, being a pilot. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, so I wanted to be a pilot kind of ever since I was in around, I will, I've always been interested in planes since I was a little kid, but, um, you know, I, I think middle school, I started playing on my phone, this like flight simulator game and I was getting really into it. And, and my parents, uh, one year for Christmas decided to get me like a flight lesson for Christmas. And wow. uh, I was pretty excited about that. So in eighth grade, I finally took my first flight lesson and I just kept wanting to go again and again. And I kind of realized that this would be pretty cool to do for a job one day. So I kept flying, you know, periodically, like throughout high school. And I got to salt, do my first solo flight senior year. So that was really neat. And then um, in the college application process uh, approached pretty quickly. So I decided to go to Bridgewater because they had a pretty solid aviation program and it's, it's close to home. And I love flying in new England because you get to fly in all sorts of weather you know, you're not down in Florida where it's sunny every day. So it's good to know, like, it's good to fly in the cold, the, the yeah. warm, the snow, like, you know, rain. Um, so it's just pretty, a lot of factors. And then what about like, what, what the process is like, you know, to completing your degree in order to, you know, at, once you complete school, what's it like to, you know, become a pilot in the stage you're at? Yeah. So um, how they do it is I went in, as if like I didn't have any experience. So I basically started from the beginning of the training course and they put you through the course and you work towards getting your private pilot license, which is the first license out of four that you have to get in order to graduate. So this September, I got that license finally after a lot of you know setbacks and stuff. And now I'm working on the second one and um, sort of I guess in simpler terms, the first license allows me to fly uh, looking outside. So like in nice weather, looking outside, not near any clouds. And I can pretty much go to any airport I want anywhere around the country, which is pretty neat. And the next license I'm working on will allow me to fly into the clouds and not and just look at the gauges inside the airplane instead of looking uh, solely outside. So it's definitely a uh, something to get used to. It's a big learning curve, yeah. but... I'm a few lessons in and so far it's going pretty well. Yeah, I, I'm guessing you can't be afraid of heights when, when you want to become a pilot. You got to have a tough stomach. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually, um, my flight instructor last year, he actually told me he is afraid of heights and he is a flight instructor. So yeah, that, that's, I, that's I guess smart. it's, I guess it's kind of different in everybody, but he's a yeah, good pilot. So oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so basically, so basically it's a completely separate than like, you'll be going to school, you know, for whatever, whatever their major is and then on the site combined with that you, you're getting your pilots pilot training and license yeah so pretty much in order for me to get this degree i also have to get those uh four licenses and the third and the fourth one is um so after i finish the second license where i can fly in the clouds the third one is i can get paid to fly uh passengers so i can like i can do some more you know revenue flights like i can make money, I guess, flying. Cause the license I have right now, like I can fly other people, but I can't, I can't make any money from it. Oh, okay. Like they have, to, everyone has to pay like evenly. So I would have to pay the same amount as anyone, everyone else I'm flying with. Now, but now, when for, I get my now for those, for those, you know, who aren't, you know, at 
you know, the same age as you who might be going to school and younger who may have somewhat interest in planes and so forth, so on and so forth. Would you recommend this for anyone, regardless if they like that type of stuff or not? I, I mean, I'd say, you know, if you're someone that likes to, you know, see a lot of really cool views from really high up and likes to try new things and sort of see the world in a different way, I'd say, I'd say go for it, you know, give it a try. You could even take an intro flight lesson at a different flight school before you start like applying to college, which I'd recommend just to give you like a, a snapshot, see if you yeah. like it or not. And it's so just because so, it's a lot of money, it's a huge investment. So it's always good to know that you're interested before you initially get into it, start flying like a lot. Now I want to, you know, since, you know, you've been doing this obviously for a, a bit of time and, you know, you have a passion for it. I'm sure you've seen quite the amount of film or TV show um, in your free time, which I also want to, you know, I'll mention a little bit um, to you though, what, what to you is the most as, as a pilot, what, what's the most authentic, you know, whether it be film or TV show or scene, in a film or, you know, TV show, that's the most authentic towards, you know, flying? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I've always liked the movie Sully. That's always, it's been a pretty good movie about the pilot who uh, landed in the Hudson. I think that was a very, uh, very just awakening event, especially to someone who is interested in planes just because of how, how quickly he had to decide to land his plane in the Hudson, even though everyone else was telling him not to and, he knew how to make the right choice and just trusting your gut and flying the airplane. Well, something that we're always taught in school. So it, it was kind of cool to see, you know, like a real life event kind of, it helped. It kind of reflected yeah. on what we're learning, which is. Which which is you, really speaking nice. of, Sully, which was my next point. So thank you for bringing it up. Would you have, if you were Sully, would you have done the same thing or would you have done something different? Um, I mean, that's really hard to say. Cause you know, I, could have been a, it could be a different situation but yeah. i i would hope that i would have done what sully did you yeah. know just made the right choice and he knew the airplane better than anyone he yeah. knew the situation better than anyone because he was right there so i would definitely say i would use my best judgment in the moment now you know we we, we both on a, on a different uh take another turn in this thing we, we both share a love for you know many things tennis um but especially though more than anything else star wars and we, yes. we, we saw uh, the last, well, not last Jedi, uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker together, um, our parents, and obviously I didn't bring my siblings, but you brought your your wonderful brother and so on and so forth. Um, how, how close would you say, you know, obviously it's science fiction, they're in space, but how close would you say that that is to, you know, flying, you know, what you're doing? Oh, like flying an X-Wing versus yeah. flying or, a plane? Like a million Falcon or anything, or is it, is it completely, you know, different and not anything close? Um, I'd say like, I guess there's some aspects that might be slightly similar. Yeah. But um, is it too hard to, you know, make any sort of connections to? I mean, it's also in space, so there's yeah. no gravity. Yeah. So, I, so I, I think I should save that when I, if, if I ever have someone part of NASA, um, or if I ever get that big interview when I talk to George Lucas, um, yeah, yeah. But, um, so I want, I want to go to another, I, I don't usually do this, you know, each time I do an episode, I want to, you know, make it better than it is, um, regardless of the analytics or whatnot, but I want, I would like you, if you can, your ranking of Star Wars movies or um, content in general, some from favorite to best and your, or from, yeah, from best or worst, yep. in your opinion, down to 
um, the least, the least best or worst. Hmm. Wow. All right. So rank them right now. Yeah. All right. I'll make a little, I'll make, I'll get a little sticky note out, make a list. This will, this will help. Yeah. All right. So my top, that's, that's really hard to say actually, but my top I'd say, just cause it's a classic, I'd say return of the Jedi is probably yeah. my favorite. just because brings an end to like a really good oh, trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Arguably, I think probably the best one. Um, just because of it's it's a classic and the soundtrack is really cool. And I grew up watching that trilogy, oh, yeah. especially. So just seeing it end like that, the way it did, seeing, you know, Vader remove his mask, seeing him, you know, Anakin Skywalker fulfill his destiny. I think that was definitely my top. Um, my second favorite, probably say Empire Strikes Back. That's definitely a really close second, episode five. Um, just because it sort of brings the story together, you sort of see that character development you know luke vader that's when you really like and then and then like carrying on from that you see that my third favorite probably episode four um and all the on the three originals are a really close tie but i'd say the third favorite is episode four just because that's an absolute classic and i definitely have that one of my top first star wars i've ever seen um it was just it was really it was, I th- I'd say, like, for the first movie ever made, I'd say it was pretty well done. Yeah. And it was the foundation. So well, yeah, at, at the time, that was also, you know, the best quality they could do for a movie of that magnitude or... Yeah. Yep. And then, like, as we move into the prequels, I'd say, like, I'd say my favorite one's probably episode three, just because it had a lot, a lot going on and it's always cool to see like a lot going on a lot of fight scenes a lot of you know space battles that's always the cool yeah cool parts of it but there's a lot of like uh story development in there too you know you could and what i really liked about the prequels and i actually saw a video about this online today was that like the story is a lot more complex than the originals like oh yeah they go into like how you know politics and the senate and how like corporations are the demise of can be the demise of democracy and yeah wow it's it's pretty deep so <laughs> i definitely i thought that was interesting so i thought like episodes especially episodes like two and three i thought that was pretty cool how you could see like the politics and like just how they it really dug deeper into the story and then i say episode one is probably my least favorite prequel just because there wasn't a lot of plot value oh, yeah, yeah. necessarily in it i think the most plot value is probably when Qui-Gon dies, you know, yeah. it's like, Oh, what if he didn't die? You know, he probably could have helped Anakin, you know, a lot more. Yeah. But that's pretty much, I mean, I, they're all perfectly good movies. Oh yeah. They're all they're different. Um, I think for myself though, I don't mean to you know, interrupt, but I, I, I oh, think no, no. I, I have the same sort of thing. I say, you know, episode for me, episode Revenge of the Sith was, is by far my favorite out of the nine movies made and who know who knows what the future holds for that the Star Wars franchise but I remember when I was growing up watching I mean obviously the first movies I got were the original trilogy the box set the DVDs um in the early 2000s but um so obviously that holds a different um special place in my heart but episode three by far is my first and I remember it was just it was there's so much and I think with the first the the sequ- the prequels what George did was so good is you know he really he made the whole environment more diverse and more in depth with everything else going on with different hundreds of characters. Cause the movies is mainly just, uh, you know, a few main characters made out of, you know, hundreds of thousands of behind the uh, background characters. But it, I remember episode three, I remember I was watching it at someone's house and I, each time, you know, 
uh, they showed uh, Anakin getting burned alive. I, I couldn't watch because it was so, it, it looked so serious and it was so legit and it was terrifying. But it, it's such a great, and it's the, the themes, the, I mean, the uh, theme songs or um, music in the, in the episode is classic. I mean, it's memes have been made out of it. It's, you know, beloved by many, but I, I say so three. Then I say Turn the Jedi. That's, that's probably my second favorite. And, you know, I, I, I feel, and I know other people have seen this too, but I've seen that and I realize that each sequel or the, the sequels and then the prequels are all kind of the same type of story basis of, you know, the original trilogy where you have, you know, the, the, the new person coming on, the young person would be in there met with all these other people and so on and so forth. And you have, you know, Luke and um, Anakin, and then you have Ray, you know, there's similar type of characters in their story and, whatever it may be. And then it just six, it's like you said, it's a great ending and the music is great. The, the scenes and stuff. Uh, my third favorite, which may be surprising to some is the one we saw um, rise of Skywalker. I think only cause it was a great ending to it. I think, I mean, obviously you can, there's always room for improvement, but I think it was a great story with what they had and what they could do. I, I think that, um, the uh, I think the nostalgia that they had and the cameos and all that stuff, the Easter eggs they had on that that you could see, and each time you saw it more and more, you know you could see more of it, more than. But I think it was so good. Um, I love you know Lando, uh, uh, Billy D. Williams coming back as Lando, and the guy who played a uh, Wedge, I think it was coming back at the end for that few seconds, um, the end battle. But it was it was so great and how they made Palpatine so, you know, evil and methodical and all that stuff coming back i mean you, you knew that he was going to come back regardless but it was such a great movie the next one would be the original one uh new hope i mean it's high as it is but um you know to the story you know, introducing the the um entry crawl of the uh of the uh the, what the movie was going to happen in the movie and the songs and the characters and it was great then the next one obviously would have to be probably what has been known as probably one of the best out of the whole trilogy which is empire strikes back it's a completely different turn on, you know, the whole, the whole trilogy, the whole series at that point in a whole different, it's just was a darker episode. It was just really good. Um, then I, my next one had to be Force Awakens just because it was, uh, it, it, it was similar to, you know, episode four where you got a new character and, you know, she's living on her own. Her real parents aren't there. And it was okay. I loved Harrison Ford coming back. That was great. And how they killed him was sad. Spoiler alert, he's dead too people who haven't seen yet but you know you're pretty lame if you haven't seen it yet and the next one after that would have to have been episode one uh phantom menace um people give it people give that one shit that might not be deserved to some degree um like new hope or force weekends you're learning about new characters and a new story and a background to you know obi-wan and his story and anakin so on and so forth but uh, personally i got nothing against jojo binks I enjoy him. I think he's a funny character, and he, the guy who played him, didn't deserve all the death threats he got. But and I love Newt Gun, Gunroy and Gunray, whatever you want to call him, and uh, the great stuff. Um, my next one would have to be, you know, probably my one of my least my least favorite of the prequels, and that's Episode Two. I think the dialogue was cheesy. I think definitely the Genosian battle and the battle at the end and beginning to the Clone Wars was brilliant. The setup it does to the Clone Wars series. The, the, the dialogue was oh, just stupid and annoying and it makes me want to um, I'm not going to say kill because that would get FBI coming towards me but my least favorite of them all would have to be uh, The Last Jedi 
Fuck Ryan Johnson. He sucks. He butchered the movie. He destroyed it. Luke Skywalker should have died in it. Spoiler, he died if any of you sweats out there haven't seen it. But that was the worst, in my opinion, out of them all. It could have been so much better. Fuck the girl played Rose. She was awful and cringeworthy as much as the dialogue in episode two. And I wish nothing but the worst for her. And that was pathetic movie. But like you said, they're great in general, regardless. They're some of the best cinema of all time. And they made uh, George Lucas so rich that he could retire. Um, but it, it, overall, they're so great. And the thing is, it's similar for me, like Harry Potter, where I could watch it over and over again. It doesn't matter when or how many times you see it, because it, it's, it's a whole other experience. And it's, it's so great. And you're constantly watching or paying attention to it because you can't take your eyes off it, regardless of the movie. Now, if you've seen it many times and you can skip through it, some of it, but um, uh, the, the Kathleen Kennedy recently, or uh, not recently, but in the last few months or so had released or had announced new um, content being made. And I don't know if you had seen it yet or heard of it yet. And if you have, um, what, what are your thoughts on it? All the new uh, stuff that's being developed. Um, I was really happy. I was very excited to hear because I, I was just sitting in my living room one day and I started getting notifications on Instagram from Star Wars, like releasing all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, this is cool. Like they released this thing about, they call it like Rangers of the New Republic. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's pretty cool. And then right after they released like an Ahsoka thing and I'm like, whoa, that's cool too. And then the once the Obi-Wan thing was announced, oh, I'm yeah. like, all right, this is really cool. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. With Hayden Christensen as Darth oh, that's Vader, gonna like, that's well, going to be I, I just I don't mean to interject, but I just read that um, Liam Neeson wants to return back to playing um, Qui Gon Jinn. Obviously, you know, as a maybe um, as a Force ghost in the show, but um, no, continue though. Oh yeah, yeah, that that's really I actually didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So that'd be cool to see Liam Neeson in there um, as Qui Gon. Um, yeah, I, I think that was a really good move by Star Wars. I think it's going to keep people pretty yeah. interested especially um between now and like mandalorian season three which is hopefully going to be really good oh, too yeah. so a lot lot to be excited for well i mean and it's different compared to you know other other you know stuff other movies you know like maybe uh uh what's the movie with um vin diesel that's fast and furious something different like that where they keep making movies a mission impossible where there's you know a billion movies of it and the the uh space for you know creation and authenticity and you know new ideas is limited where star wars similar to harry potter star trek stuff like that there's such a wide range of you know stuff that can be developing stuff is constantly coming up with so it, it, it's definitely good that they're keep pumping stuff out but you know i think not doing anything yet and releasing anything yet is you know good for them but another controversial thing that you know divides a lot of fans is the order to watch star wars movies how would you do it? would you do prequels original and then sequels or sequels original prequels or how would you do it so i mean i've always watched it i've always watched it from the order they came out so like four five six one two three um and then seven rogue one eight nine yeah and, and solo in there too yeah so so that's how you, know, you wouldn't watch it from you know numerical uh order i just i've always watched them like in the order they came out and it yeah. still like makes good sense oh yeah but well, yeah i mean there's no right or wrong yeah well there's definitely you know there's definitely ways that you know makes it makes the story you know more sense or informational um personally me i would uh, i do you know numerical values i start with phantom menace and go on and then you know i add in the mm -hmm. um the uh sequels or standalones whatever you want to call them and so on and so forth but um i think one time i did it was within the last year or so 
Yeah, it had to have been. Where I started Phantom Menace and I watched all the way up every every you know piece of content on Disney Plus um, related. So the prequels, then uh, whatever the um, com- stuff comes after. Then I watched the standalones, and I watched Clone Wars, and I watched the sequels, and I watched the ones after that. The, all the shows, and then I watched the uh, sequels, and it was it, it was granted I enjoyed it, but it's so long because there's there's so much content. But it, it's definitely something that um that is uh of interest um speaking of mandalorian uh what did you think what would you think of season two compared to season one um i thought it was really good um i i liked to see i liked how uh you know baby yoda kind of developed as a character i thought that was kind of neat and i liked to see i also liked how mando also kind of built he kind of like built his character too a couple times where he removed his helmet which is like you know, it, you would never see that in season one. So you're kind of seeing that, like, he's kind of changing with, yeah. you know, what's going on. And I kind of liked that. And I liked how they brought back a lot of the major, like, characters oh, yeah. from season one, like Cara Dune and, like, Grief Karga. I thought that that was a really cool move, yeah. just seeing them around. And, like, they, and all of, like, the new, like, kind of journeys they went on, they met a lot of new people. So I thought that was kind of cool, too. The, the ending, the ending was interesting. The, the, definitely for season two, it was definitely one of those where it's like, I can't wait. But for, for me, though, for me, you know, Boba Fett returning and, you know, that scene with Big Fortuna where he kills the fat bastard. But um, it was it, for me, though, I, I found it, you know, you know, similar you know, to other shows like uh, I watched a show on Netflix, Cobra Kai, which I'm sure you probably have heard of, where I, I wasn't so I wasn't, you know, wondering what's going to happen next. I, I was like, that was a great ending. But I, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, I, I got to read all the, you know, the dirt sheets on what's going to happen next. It was a really, you know, solid ending compared to other stuff where you're like, what's going to happen now yeah yeah like i thought the ending of mandalorian was i thought it was really good you know i like i i thought like seeing luke skywalker just show up with the green lightsaber i'm like that's that's pretty cool like you know what i think honestly once i saw that x-wing like fly by i'm like all right i think that's got to be him well there's a guy who i follow on youtube i don't know if you heard of his name his youtube channel is called star wars theory and um he he did a live he does when he occasionally he'll do live streams of you know the movies or you know the Mandalorian or whatever it may be and he did it on the Clone Wars season seven and then he did it on this episode the season finale of Mandalorian and the whole end of the scene I, I watched it with him I think or no I didn't watch it with him um because I was worried you know it was going to be off time between me and him and I I he after fish I scrolled back and I watched that part and you know. I, I felt I almost bawled my eyes myself because he was getting so emotional about it and crying because it meant so much to him. And, you know, some for himself who was built such a humongous following because of that is impressive. But seeing a man like himself in his 30s, you know, or nearly 30, whatever, how old he is, you know, react that way is amazing. You know, props to, you know, George Lucas and not Kathleen Kennedy. Fuck her too. And um, it, it's just, it's such a ma- an amazing and wonderful piece of content to watch and you know it's amazing how it's you know stood the test of time as several other things and few have um but what was what, what was your first uh, i should have asked this being what was your first memory of star wars though is it a specific scene or is it you know a moment um i was i watched it with my dad um when i was in like first grade and on this like tiny tv in like the guest room and uh, it was it was just I always remembered that and yeah just from then on we I remember I remember it was like I was like why is this movie so long 
Yeah. But yeah, we just oh, kept yeah. watching. <laughs> yeah, and at the time we we didn't know, but you know, many years later, then they would come out with Force Awakens that would be nearly uh, three four hours long, however long it was. But um, yeah. But I my, I think my first memory, like I said, I, I forget. It probably was a birthday. Yeah, it was one of my birthday parties when I was really young. I think it was like six maybe. And my grandmother, my mom's side, you know, she took my mom to go see the original movies. And I, my grandmother you know, always, you know, she's. And she was any conversation she has involves Star Wars or Obi Wan Kenobi and how my mom and I are you know Luke Skywalker and we're the second coming of them and how like it's it's not that like she's a humongous fan like us where she's watching all this stuff and she's got Disney Plus but she's a very you know uh, uh, um, metaphorical uh, um, uh, whatever you want to call it um, mythological. Uh, Jesus, that person where she doesn't go to church, but she really talks about how, you know, all the archangels and this person, this saying, that saying, she's like, and it's just, she, she really is that type of astrologist type person. And she, you know, she always tells me how, you know, when she first saw the movie, cause you know, science fiction, you know, you know, is, is kind of the same thing. But when she saw that, she was really taken back from the first moment she saw it and she was hooked ever since. And, you know, I've seen movies with both of them. But I, I think when I got, because I think I got from her it was the box and I watched it. And I remember, I think that was the first movie I ever cried at because when I watched it at home with my father, when Obi-Wan died in episode four, I, and I wasn't crying. But I was like, no, and crashed my, myself into a pillow and was hooked from then on. And, you know, I collected action figures and it was, I just, it, it's really great. And like I said, you can watch it whenever, but um, no, that was, that was great. And I, and I, I love how much, you know, it's developed since then. Um, that being said, we're going to go to the second portion of this. And for those who are new to the pod, the, the show or returning back, this is the episode. This is the part of the show where I play video. So I now as I move on, I should choose more videos. But the last since I think the four, first one and by now I've worked on the sound portion. So now I don't have to play it through my phone. But this is where I show four videos. Andrew react that I guess reacts to them and gives his thoughts after them. And then this I had a new part, um, his favorite person from each video. Um, so I'm going to share my screen now and I'm going to open Google Chrome and let's share. So what's going to happen, Andrew? I'm just going to play this first video and I'm going to, each video I'm going to explain who this person is, if that's okay with you. Sure. So, so this first guy, can you hear it? Could you hear it? I couldn't hear it. Can you hear it? Not yet. Well, let's let's go. Uh, it was probably one of the greatest right moments of my life. Yeah. Okay. So basically, what happened? I can edit that out po that portion of the video, so it's better and higher quality. So basically, this guy Joe, he's a construction worker, whatever you want to call, it. and um. Well, basically, I was I watched this podcast called Your Mom's House, hosted by two comedians, Tom Segura and Christina Pazinski. and um, they, they their their show is no holds barred. They'll talk about anything. They'll get close to the line, if not over the line, very blue and edgy. And my type of humor, I love it. And they show that sometimes they'll show videos of what they call cool guys, and this is one of them. His name is Joe, and his story basically what they found out on the show, and they interviewed the lady who was part of this video that he was at the gym working out and he saw this lady, very attractive. He paid so much attention 
focused on her so much that he found out who she was on the sign-in sheet. He found her, they went out and he said, you know, I think you're so attractive. I think we'd be perfect together dating. We should go out to eat. And she goes, nah, maybe we'll see. And um, he asked for her number and she goes, how about I have your, take your number. He goes, okay. He takes her phone, puts it in. Instead of just clicking save on the contact, he presses the call number. He presses call. So then it rings on her phone. She's calling him and then he has her number pop up. So he saves it this phone. So now he has the woman's number. Julia is her name. And now he sent, he texts her this video and here's the video. Good morning, Julia. It's me, Joe. Just wanted to say hi. Wish you a great day. Tell you that meeting you yesterday and getting a look at you was probably one of the greatest moments of my life. You were so beautiful. You don't know how beautiful you are to me. Compliments. I mean, just you're gorgeous. You're precious. And uh, but it's been sitting in my mind when you said to me <laughs> you want to go back with your ex-boyfriend. Please erase him from your memory. Don't ever go back in the past. I know, because I've been there. And I understand when, you know, you're trying to find somebody and you go on dates and nothing compares to your ex. But there is that better person out there. And Julia, I promise you, it is me. I will love you like you've never been loved before. I will cherish you. I'll make you feel like a woman, a real woman. And believe me, after you experience me, you won't even know who your ex-boyfriend is. So... Open up your heart to me in your arms. Come on, he's begging. Let's go full throttle. Full throttle. I can see me falling in love with you. They just, I don't know, I just looked in your eyes and I just melt. Anyhow, I'm heading off to work. This is my cute little home. Ooh, he's got two fans. You... He's got two fans, if you can see in the back. He's got two fans in one room. You see behind Ooh. me, I built everything. Every square inch from crown molding to chair rail to floors to lighting to plumbing, doors, windows. And watch this. And there's another one. He's got three on one floor. So this is the type of guy you get. I'm a very handy guy. and uh, Handyman. I'd love to build you whatever you want. Whoa, hey now. You're a sweetheart. So Here comes. I hope this video doesn't scare you, but that's how I feel. I just want you to know that. Okay, and I look forward to uh, going out to dinner with you. So, let's make it happen. And? Mwah. <laughs> Ciao, baby. So, what happened was, at the end, he sent the stir, and they started going, uh, I don't know what happened afterwards. Um, but basically what the podcast had said, because they had interviewed the Lady Julia, or whoever the Julia person is, and then he sent another video, like the Hannah's car, basically making it seem like they were dating. And I think afterwards, she just blocked him and got rid of him. But I, I want to get your thoughts on it. What are your thoughts on this guy in this video? Um, I don't know. I guess he, he had a lot to say. And he that was, I, I guess, what in his mind, the best way to say it. And I, you know, I respect that. As, as someone who has been in, been in the uh, dating scene world and what have you, is, is this the same type of uh, – thing you would do for you know someone you find interesting that you want to go out with um you know uh i i don't know i'd probably be i probably i don't know if i'd be bold enough to send a video like that but you know um you know my girlfriend and i we just you know texted at first for a while and then you know we got coffee one day it's just like kind of baby steps you know so so basically you're saying is that you wouldn't you wouldn't go all out and go full force right full throttle as he says and send this type of thing 
Well, you know, I wouldn't want to make her nervous or anything. Oh, yeah, you know? that's true. But out of 10, though, how would you rank this guy? In his um, you know, just for the effort, I, I'd give him I'd give him a 5 out of 10. It's 5, 6, you know, 5 or 6 out of 10. Give him uh, for the on effort. The, on, the, uh, creepy, on the creepy and uncomfortable scale, how would you rate it out of 10? Uh, creepy, probably give it a 6, 5. <laughs> a 6 and a half out of 10. Yeah. So not too, not too creepy, but almost borderline. It's, it's like, yeah, I'd say it's creepy. I'd say it's creepy, but it's not that creepy. Well, if you think that's not that bad, wait till you see this video. <laughs> so basically what this guy is, he's popular on TikTok. His name is his name is uh, Steve. And his, his signature line when he makes his videos, good morning, my kings and queens above 18. He's a truck driver. He delivers stuff in the Ohio area and other you know surrounding places. He does his, he makes TikTok videos complimenting girls and saying how good they how good they are, nice they are, pretty they are, and gives them confidence. And that's how he makes it seem like. Well, I'll share, you know, afterwards what he's like, but his name is Steve and he's a truck driver. And this is this is one of his videos, his best, his his perfect video, I think, that he made on TikTok that someone posted here. His POV shot. Time to wake up, my queen. Come on, my queen above 18. Open them beautiful eyes. There you go. You are so beautiful. I just love my queen above 18. Well, good morning. All right, my queen. I'll go down and put your breakfast on. I'll get you some nice hot cup of coffee. You go take your shower and I'll meet you in the kitchen. I love you too, my queen above 18. I will see you in a little bit. Yes, you look beautiful. All right, I'll talk to you in a little bit. So, like I said, he makes these videos complimenting them similar to this. And to him, nothing seems uncomfortable or weird about this nothing seems weird or just disgusting and gross in every sense of the word he thinks this is perfectly normal given the confidence well uh i'll give you an example of what ha- an incident i had with him or not really but someone had commented on this videos now i don't know if you got tiktok or you post anything on there but someone had uh, on one of his videos he commented and there's a video version you can make or a type of video you can make where you can put a comment up there you can react to it at the like the, the top and someone said uh, this is uncomfy or whatever it was with the two little stores where it was. And he's like, oh, what does this person mean by uncomfy? Because I don't know what they mean. And I had commented, uh, unco- uncomfy means when a guy in his 60s, uh, overweight guy in his 60s, um, ask underage girls or above age girls to send them uh, lewd fo- photos or videos to him. And he saw that comment and people liked it. And he made a comment about them and said, this guy is saying I do all this stuff and he must have pornographic mo- stuff on his mind. He's an asshole. Fuck him. I'm like, what are you talking? How, how do you not realize that this is gross and weird? And they play this on the podcast I listen or watch and they make a fool out of it. And he actually has his own um, clothing line that he's made, his own, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, garb or uh, clothes or uh, apparel, whatever it, it's called properly. But, um, and it's, it's, it's a black, there's a black sweatshirt, there's a tank top, there's pants, there's a hat, and it's Kings and Queens above 18. So on the one sleeve, it says Kings and Queens above 18. Then, on the top, somewhere on the left or right, says K and Q. Then there's a smiley face that says it on the stomach and his pants and his hats. Like I said, and it's shipping cost. It's not inexpensive. It's it's kind of expensive. The shipping's ten dollars and the stuff is like thirty dollars. So you're paying forty dollars for the stuff, but 
Now, out of 10, how normal would you ask, would you rate him, what he asked for? So basically what to do is go into his email account, kingsandqueensabove18 at gmail.com, give him your information, Venmo him, then um, PayPal him, ask him what you want, what size is how much, and your address so we can mail it to you. Out of 10, though, how, how would you rate that as, as creepy? I give it a 10. And so that was very creepy. How, what are your thoughts on this guy though? Like his, uh, his, his, um, his, uh, way of doing stuff out of 10, how would you rate him? Um, you know, his, I'd, I give that maybe like a one or two, just cause <laughs> I think he, it was a little invasive. Yes. You know, I, I don't think anyone would appreciate seeing yeah. that. It, just, it was kind of uncomfortable. You, you don't, <laughs> you don't think that you don't think that King is, uh, doing it, uh, is doing anything, is doing stuff wrong. I, you know, I think he's, I think he might just have to reevaluate. <laughs> well, basically, you know, how he started off is his videos, because they, they play this on the podcast, which is far more comfortable than this. Um, They play, you know, first he was making videos in you know, his truck at night, and he was saying, uh, it was like, whatever it was, good night or good evening, whatever it was, I like the videos of the no bra look, let them boobies hang. And he really developed it and saying, hey, now, you know, make sure you're above 18 and um because i th- and they were saying you know i think he's saying that now just because he might have got slipped someone who might not have been you know <laughs> oh that age but um so, so basically what i'm gathering is like the previous year this isn't how you would um send something or wish happy thoughts onto your current lady friend yeah um that's definitely not what i would do um, you want no, to hunch over and make sure you're the same size as of a walrus and, you know, Braden saying, you know, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not do that. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, unfortunately, the Braden remarks, they, they won't be, uh, not nearly, they won't be happening as much here because, well, actually, no, fuck it, I will. Um, so that's that video. And this next video is not as bad. I promise you this. This next guy, though, there's two videos of him and he's from TikTok as well. And I follow him. He's the similar type of uh, following where it's kind of big. So this guy's name is Haig the King. Or the King. Yeah, I think it is. And he's from Australia. He's probably a few years younger than us, I think. And he does a lot of cosplay and a lot of uh, skit type videos. And here he is. Hello there all. My name is Welvis. That's right, bud. Um, Welvis. Sort of a mixture between Elvis and Wolverine. And I'm... As dangerous as it gets. Today I'm gonna be showing you some moves I learned. So we have to crunch up. Hey, 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 the claw karate. Oh shit, the claws. Watch out, Andrew. He might come and steal your girl. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh shit. He's bringing that hammer throw. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is getting a little deadlier this year. That's right. I also got 
Oh shit, they hit thrust. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mr. Studio Girl. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's Mr. Studio Girl. I'm Wolvis. I'm more deadly than Wolverine or Wombat Green. That's another character. Thank you very much. Hope you like this video. If you don't, well, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment down below what you think. So this guy, now, he might be on the spectrum, so I can't laugh too much, but um, this guy, he really loves Elvis, not Elvis, oh, Elvis, or Elvis, Wolverine, he also does Spider-Man, and The Flash, and other stuff like that, and he also makes up characters, and he was posted on TikTok, and he took a break for his mental health, and, you know, to stop, because he was getting burned out, and then he stopped doing Elvis, and Elvis, because he saw the videos, and thought he was really cringy, as, as he said his words, but great content. He hasn't done anything yet because he's he's uh taking a break again for his mental health. And uh, it's such, such a great on a, on a cool guy scale out of ten. How would you rate him? Oh uh, no, I give him a full ten. A full ten? Why? Yeah, no, I, I think you know if I was around him, I'd feel very safe. Yeah, you feel very you know, safe. I you know someone who really has moves like that, I, I couldn't match those. Now, now let's let's say let's say if your girlfriend was in danger, and you need you like in being with you wasn't safe. Would you trust her being with him and her her being safe with uh, Wilvis here? So repeat the question again. So let's say your girlfriend was in danger and yep. you were it wasn't safe for her to be with you or your family or her family, and the only option was him. Would you feel safe that he would keep a good eye and keep her safe in danger? Oh no, definitely. Um, definitely. I would I would trust Wilvis with my entire life. Well, I think. If, uh, He's determined. Well, go, well, if you think Wellvis is a good guy to be safe with, wait till you meet Wolverine. Okay, bud, where's the girl? Now we can do this the easy way or <laughs> my way. Yeah, you want to start talking or should I start clawing? <laughs> These bad boys will, no, but these bad boys love the taste of blood. Now, start talking with the mutant, or I will start clawing. And trust me, I will. Now, want to tell me, or will these tell me? They can tell me. Good. Really? Five guys with guns. They're the match for girl. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. That, for those who don't know, I've said, this, I've said this before, in the film world, this is a rule of thirds. So you're off center to one third of the scene. So I think he's done a good job with this. Now, let's try this again, shall we? Where's the girl? Or the claws will make you tell. You don't believe me? Ha! That jab. Think I'm joking? Talk, or I'll make you talk. Over there. Good. Never mess with the Wolverine. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a. There's a uh, Welvis, 
and Elvis and the King and uh, Joe. So you've seen four four people, although two of them are similar. Like, who would be the best? Who would be the coolest? And who would be the least coolest out of those four? So I think the coolest would be Elvis, personally. Okay. Um, just because you know he has that friendly. You know, the friendliness of Elvis, and he's, yeah. he's really got the moves. I don't oh, have after dance moves of that. And he's a protector, he's the Wolverine. So yeah. I, I would trust that man with my life. You know, he has a positive attitude and he, uh, you know, keeps people safe. So, you know, I, I trust him with my life, and I'm sure anyone else would trust him with their for lives sure. for sure. I think, you know, I think he's got a lot, he's got a big future for him. Um, and yeah, I gotta say my least favorite, uh, was, was that guy, the King. I just oh. thought he was really weird. Um, kind of creepy. <laughs> so yeah, I think oh, he was well, my that's, least favorite. that's it. Well, now this is the portion, the final section of this, of this podcast before we end it here. And this is the personal section of it where I, I, I kind of, for the viewers, I kind of talk about, you know, how I met the, uh, my guest or guests on the show and how we kind of met and that part, that part. So if you can, I mean, I, I certainly can as if, if I'm able to, if I can think about it, but what, how do you remember how we first met or is it kind of just like blur for, for you? I think it was, um, was that your dad's tennis camp? Yeah. I think um, that first summer I, I did that camp. So I was going into fifth grade. So I think it was like 2010, something like that. So something around that. And I remember see, I remember seeing you there. I was in the red ball group and you were in the green ball group. I mean, yeah, well, hey, that's the, that's the, that's the price you pay, I guess, for uh, yep. having your dad as uh, all time great coach um, in the history of sports and especially Rhode Island. But I think, I, I mean, I, I, it, it's hard for me before going to Broad Rock to or something. I, I know we both went to Peacedale. So I'm sure obviously on the playground, we, we ran into each other in the cafeteria or whatever it may be. Um, but I'm trying to, I can't remember specifically, but I'm sure it was that. And I know for a fact, because uh, because we, then we played in at Curtis Corner together. So I, I'm sure I probably knew of you before Curtis Corner, but I probably didn't know you. And then Curtis Corner, we played together. And that was with uh, Mrs. Chadwick herself. And her. Uh, that would have been, oh, that's only seventh, eighth grade. So us and the Keos and. So much more. I forget who else was on the team at that point. Uh, but that was how was the beginning of our introduction to the uh, fabulous twosome known as Connor and Braden Keogh. For those who don't know, two of the probably worst people we've ever met. And you know, Andrew might not want to admit that outwards to it, but I will admit that two of the my least favorite people in the world, and they're just my gosh, just ooh, and they bitch and moan and complain. And anyways, that did take away from the task because we sure had our fun fun share and you know although we might not have had a perfect record we were we always you know had fun together always communicated and we you know complement each other's games very great i i don't want to say greatly because that's you no know, greatly is not really i i would think a proper word to say um more grammatically and that, you know when i first met andrew's wonderful parents mr todd and eric Astis, um two two um, wonderful people um and plus they also throw together a grand old uh, backyard um gathering um with their pool and a cookout and so forth like andrew andrew's graduation that party that was that was a wonderful time um by a school fireplace um but before besides that fact that, that's an obvious fact to anyone who knows him um but i think also but then i think you know starting then was when we really started to know each other i mean I, I don't think we really were in contact perhaps but i think that was 
when I was in high school, when we both were in high school, so I was like when I was in 10th and you were in ninth. And I, you know, obviously on the same team together, great apart, but we started, we started a classic rival, rivalry on the tennis court. And uh, we, we haven't played in a while, but um, sometimes it is hard for me to admit it, uh, admit defeat. Uh, Mr. Andres is the guest on here. Um, does have, I believe, the winning record against me. And it, I, I think at first, definitely, and, and you can definitely, you know, attest to this when, when um, your game started to really improve. I, I think, I think it was, it probably was when I was, uh, I can't remember exactly, but I think it was when I was in 11th grade and you were in 10th, right? When you were starting to move up on the ladder. Um, but um, it was when, you know, the tide started to turn, you know, I could try as hard as I want. Obviously I never really tried um, that oh, super hard. You know, that was evident, especially my last year when um, Tim Burnup was at four singles and I wasn't, and he choked every single match. Um, but then that was it. And I, I, I think what's so great is that, great about us playing together was that you know i would try so hard and usually i would be very successful because are you, are you right-handed yeah yeah i'm right-handed but i'd always you know try my heart to hit cross court but i never did and andrew would always hit it back and i'd always try to expose his weak side and tennis what you know you want to do especially with the left hand you want to go cross court for people who don't know tennis and i would always go to his what would have been your backhand and he would hit to my back and it would just be awful. And I'd get so pissed off because I could never get anything. And I would smash my racket and curse and swear so loud. And I remember one time, you, you might remember this, um, when we played in it, you were you were up big time. And I was fuming. And we were playing on court two at Broadrock. And it started to rain. And it started to get a little slippery. And you're like, oh, do you want to call me? Like, no, we're not finishing this. And I think I think you beat me, I think, 6-1, And I was just, ugh. And I was just like, that was the worst I ever played. Although it was close because we're both extremely consistent. But, you know, when, when two people who are very consistent playing it, Swear was going to make the first the, the first error or the error first. Yeah. And that, you know, kind of gets them into the mentally. But um, how, how would you assess, you know, us playing together, whether it be um, uh, opponents or, you know, teammates? Oh, I'd say, you know, we're teammates just because, you know, we played against each other, but it was for the reason of us, like, both learning from it and getting yeah. and improving from it in the long run. So I think, like, I don't think we're really opponents because we weren't really out yeah. to get each other. We're kind of there playing oh, each yeah. other to kind of help each other out in a way. Yeah. But um, but I, I think I, – I think, I'm trying to think of some funny moments we've had on that court. I, I can't think of anything that sticks out, particularly I don't know if you can over the years we played. Um. Coach Jerry, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I, well, well, that, yeah. Well, I mean, we weren't. You, you were uh, for your first year, freshman year. You were with her when at tenth grade. That was when I moved up. Although I probably, I, I probably should have um, been honestly. I, I, I was bottom of varsity tenth grade, but which would have been probably top of JV. Um, I think I think tenth grade though was when when you moved up. To, uh, did you move up the end of freshman year? Or was it tenth grade when you? Um, I went to like one practice yeah. my freshman year, but I wasn't like full time like yeah. on the practice. Yeah, because 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 my dad would do that from time to time, where he would get the top three or four or five JV teams and experience you know varsity practice and someone like yourself. Uh, um, I can't think of Jack Robbins maybe and maybe a few people who ex- experience uh, experience that. Um, but I, I think though I think though my fondest memory though is. 
with you on the tennis court or not tennis court or I should say off the tennis court was was senior night my senior night of 2018 that was one of my highlights of my tennis career um not the fact that you know I finally was going to experience it after you know in my whole life of watching it or at least me remembering it since I was probably like four or five so you know 14 13 14 years of you know getting to experience and finally coming true to experience it was such a magical thing and you you know it did it did my speech uh, the speech I mean that was wonderful and I you know I felt so honored to have done that because it was such a great thing and it was it, it was such a great feeling and I, I ended up um you know when I was talking I ended up breaking down and crying like a baby because I couldn't get anything out because it meant so much but um going into that how 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 did you decide what you wanted to mention kind of describe what that process is like for you know senior night or you know doing a speech for a, a senior um for anyone who doesn't know uh for me like when I was making your speech I was just trying to think of like any inside jokes like maybe that we had or like some just like yeah. some a mix of like inside jokes that only like you and like other all of our teammates would kind of understand and then yeah. some jokes that maybe everyone would know or just like maybe some fun facts about like your personality and yeah. stuff and like it, it was definitely I remember having a lot of fun writing it yeah. just because you know it, it was it was definitely a lot of fun just being like just talking about talking about you oh, and like yeah. talking about the season and stuff it was it was really cool well it's it's definitely it's definitely a nerve-wracking experience that you know speaking from those people though it's not you know a huge because I remember when I was writing mine when I did Calder's um my junior year um and I had to speak up and I was nervous you know I always thought you know I could always go up prior um and I had to put together and it wasn't hard to come up with something especially if you know the person well it was more the fact you know not writing an incredible amount and writing you know a short amount where you're still getting the message across and what this person means to you and I remember I had to cut a lot of stuff out when I did his because it, it, I had too much. I didn't want to take up too much time, especially since I wasn't at the end. But when I and then when it came time to mine, when I had to say some words, I had spent some time probably like a week prior to that, if not a few days prior, if not a day prior to really refine what I had. And I had I had like I had probably two or three pages of stuff I wanted to say. But that was that, that's too much, especially I mean, although I was at the end, which, you know, uh, I appreciate so much that my father did that. It meant so much, especially, you know, the relationship we had between me and him. But I had to cut so much off also because, you know, I was a few of the stuff was a few gut punches and a few uh, knives to the to the heart, a little too close for some people there. And we both know who they are. Kios <coughs> and Timber and Up. <coughs> um, but uh, I said the Kios and Timber and Up. Um, a, a few too many digs at them would have been too much. But I think... Once I finally, once I started, that was the end, you know, I, I got out thanking everyone for being there, you know, who helped out. And then uh, I, I start with my sisters and I think Coach Bob and Matt Mannix and a few people. And then once I started to get to the other stuff is when I could start feeling and I started, you know, I had to take a break. And that's when all came out. I, I took a little long, but, you know, I, I there were a few dicks thrown to teammates and especially the JV team because, you know, they drive Jerry crazy as the, the as it, the years go on and there's certain players we both know john halloran and crook and uh ryan man all these people who uh get on her nerves and push her buttons extremely uh jeremy taylor was another one but uh no it it, it was just such a wonderful night and you know obviously whenever you do something that big you always look back and say you know what i, I could have said something different or i could have you know said this more or that or tried better but it, it's just it's in the moment it's such a it's such a great night 
and such a great experience because, you know, it comes full circle. Whether you have a good season or a bad season or a great season, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's kind of relieving. It's kind of um, a good thing that, you know, it's come full circle, you know, you know being given the prop, proper uh, congratulations for, you know, the work um, that went into it. But, uh, no, it was just a, such a wonderful night. I'm sure you can agree with that, especially towards, you know, your, your senior night. Because I believe – did you did my dad give did you go last you know when it was your senior night did you make the final remarks or were you like a different part i think i might have went last i actually don't remember but i remember it was me it was me jack and john yeah yeah a a short list of uh people but still you know great memories um oh i know i made digs at liam gagnon though in my speech because for those that know liam gagnon wonderful kid great kid we both love him he's a close friend of mine although he's the type, like sam Kuczynski, the type of person who you know you have to start every conversation with them and at least with me and you know it's you you're putting so much effort to keep going or doing something that he won't if, if you're not his 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 brother sam or anything like that then it's very hard to get anything in return but means well but i had made a few digs with him only because for the viewers i played doubles with him my senior year i was thrown around with so many different players i, I considered myself an old dish rag Liam, I, I played with Brayden. I played with Matt Buren, Matt Burns, who me and Matt Burns should never have been separated. But I played with John Santine, which I'm not going to go there because that was a disappointing portion, uh, especially in the state semifinals. But um, me and Liam, we played Barrington and Hendrickson back to back, um, and uh, both rivals. For those that know South Kingston, where we both went to high school, they both schools are you know our rivals. Although they've had our number the last few years recently because of their incredible talent of getting great players we played them at we had already lost a match like 6-0 at the point or 5-1 whatever it might have been 6-1 me and Liam were the last match on the court for Barrington up at Barrington and the sun's starting to go down and win the third set we're going back and forth back and forth I do all I can to win a game then they had already won a game so we're down 1-0 2-0 and then or like say 1-0 and my turn serving one one. Then let's say we win another game, uh, two one us, and then Liam serving. And you know Liam serving. It's like a, it's like giving away free money at the lottery. It, it double fault uh, eight times in a in a game, and never mind a set that's like thirty double faults. And then she's like, oh, so we ended up losing the match. I'm so frustrated because you put in this hard work, and then you have Liam, who you know, great athlete, great player, but double faults, and that got me, <laughs> that got me going like nothing else. And then Hendrickson, and that was. The only time I ever played that felt like the state finals, I, I never got to. My freshman year, I was on JV. You know, we dominated at Rod Rock. Um, and I was I, I was a nose hair away from clenching for the team, but um, I forget who. I think it was you who won it, didn't you? Um, J- freshman year? Um, JV state finals. Oh, no. It was, um, it was Ryan Sweet. It was Ryan and Curtis Hartman. My freshman year. When I was no 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 oh, no I'm saying my freshman year so never mind you weren't on the uh, you weren't on the team um the, my freshman year. my freshman year, no was, no it was I think it was Calder and might have been yeah Johnny I think it was Calder and Johnny yeah and but, uh, great for them and that was great but I was so yeah fired up because me and Ian who were partners so I wish I wasn't Sam who I could have been with because I was asked um for those who don't know um nothing against Ian he was okay um not committed but uh. He, uh, we were so close, I and mean, we rushed to the first like few games because just because I wanted to get off and clinch it because I never had I, I wanted to experience that for the first time, whether it be JV or varsity. And 
we were so close. We were up five one or five two, and we were three points away from doing it. And the other, the other players got it, and it was great. But I was so I, I wanted to do it so bad, and that's and I feel bad for saying saying that and thinking that because it's kind of selfish, but just the mentality I had. Anyways, so then we get to this match with Liam, and it's we already lost, like I said, to the viewers and the team match itself, and we were up. We won the first set. No, we lost the first at like 6-4. Then we won the second, 7-5. And yeah, I don't know how many people know this, but I think the last game we won, we were up 6-5. was a tiebreaker. I think we were losing the game or tied. I got, I, I got the score wrong. and But I, my dad was there watching. Their coach was watching. And I I think I think it was 6-5 them or 6-6. And I said, no, that was – and I made up the score. And I said, it was 7-5, we won the game. So I, I felt kind of bad during that moment. But, you know, they – they you know went through with and they accepted that and i felt i was like great we finally want to set so I, I technically lied and kind of made something up but whatever who cares sue me and then we come to the final set and we're going back with everyone's watching we already lost a set they're cheering and you cheering our fans are cheering the team is cheering i'm getting fired up i'm like i always do and me and brandon always did every every other point we'd always fist bump and scream let's go and you know jack me fun of me for that and um we come back and we're going back and forth and Liam serving the final game. We were down six, five, I think it was. And it was, Oh, it was one of the most brutal days I'd ever faced because we tried so hard. Everyone was watching and he double faults the game away, I think. And we lose the, lose the match and the, the, the our match. And that was, I, I couldn't talk to him for the rest of the night or the day, just because it was such a hard thing to witness. And I'm sure with you being out on the outside, and you watching it, it probably was a brutal thing to watch because you know the match was so close and we already lost but it was such a close match and you know my father spent many many times after matches discussing the double fault and i you know i should give him more credit because you know he tried really hard but he, he he couldn't get it um but you know we learned and then i got put with matt burns and we went on an eight match win streak and we made it to the state quarterfinals and Forth. But what I want to mention, one of the last things I want to mention on this podcast, because um, we're starting to approach a, a record here on the show almost for time recorded. Um, but I think with you is that you, you know, you move up very fast in the lineup, and which is very um, commendable, if that's the correct word. Um, you know, we, we graduate players and then we all of a sudden we had no one returning back from singles. So we had players, we, you, the con, I mean, Connor moved up and that's a whole nother conversation, Sam. And you and you you rocket ship all the way to the top, and I I wish I had you know that you know forcefulness. I guess that's another word to use, where you know you, you now you're at the top of the lineup, and you know SK you know is not known for you know having multi-sport athletes on the team. They're known for players you know I, no no multi-sport talents I should say. So playing different sports year round. Some just do one sport, um, and they might not do it year round. Whereas you know sport that uh, players you know Hendrickson Barrington schools like that. They only play tennis, and they're doing it year-round, constantly. Um, with Mario, Mario is this, for those who don't, Mario Lanza, or Lanza, whatever his name is, is a test um, pro, and he instructs the best players for a pretty penny, not to say the least expensive. Um, but you were you were kind of you were kind of the hitman. Now get your opinion on this, and you you know always you know had a great attitude, whether you whether you uh, were able to win a match here and there, or you know lose um, a handful of them. And, always a gratitude and I, you know, respect that gratefully. So you, um, so you're always there. So when it came down, you know, you know, to my match, I really wanted to win it because we were already, we were down the hole from other players that, you know, weren't 
experience the same level as other ones and it was such a heart heartbreaking time but um no what was it like for you though for, um for you know, moving up so quickly and kind of having to be you know the sacrificial lamb against some other big time players um it was definitely a learning experience uh, a lot of times it was frustrating because even though i knew my opponent was a lot better than me i always felt like oh why like why am i not doing as good yeah. but it's like it's it's just it's sometimes not uh proportional just yeah. because playing kids i remember i think i had to play um owen voigt i yeah. had to play him once and he was really good okay. on barrington so that was just it, it's just it, it was like not demoralizing yeah. but it was like kind of discouraging because it's like i can't do anything yeah but he- like you, you know that you know it's gonna, um, he's gonna win, and you try your hardest, but yeah, it's just the the different levels, whether it be experience or time, time they put in, it's just not on the same level. So it's hard and kind of you know it hurts your you know your personal ego because you can't really do anything about it. Yeah. Um, but and as a as a leader of of the team. And, you know, we joke around, you know, I was a captain my senior year, so I was called senior captain. I called Andrew here junior captain. You know, other people were uh, sophomore captain, so on and so forth. Um, but when you were captain your senior year, how, how did you, and Jack was captain as well, I'm pretty sure. How, how did you, whether it just be you yourself or with Jack, how, how did you kind of, you know, make sure the team was on the right track mentally or you know, whatever it was, you know, even, even if the season you were underdogs as a team, um, you know, especially like, uh, my senior year, I was also higher up on the lineup. So I was still getting kind of beat down by the, the top level players. So my, so my job, you know, I wanted to make sure that even though I was sort of like not happy with losing all the time, I wanted to make sure that my teammates were also, you know, had like a good attitude and just kind of went in the same way. You know, I didn't want anyone to, you know, feel down on themselves. I want to make sure everyone was, you know, ready to go and, you know, yeah, that was definitely definitely one of the hardest parts, I think, was, you know, playing, you know, some of the top kids in the state and getting completely beat oh, down. Yeah. But like then I have to walk off the court and then be, you know, optimistic, cheer everyone on, and, yeah. you know, because the match isn't over. You know, my match is just one match. There's yeah. uh, there's, you know, six other ones, six or so other ones out there. So, you know, I got to got to support everyone else. And that was my that that was what kept me going the whole season it was like, you know, it's my match is my match, but you know, once it's over, then it's, it's gonna, I want to make sure everyone else does all right too. From uh, when, when you, you know, whatever, from doubles, whatever it was three doubles, or it was a rocket ship, taking a rocket ship all the way up to the top of the singles lineup. How did you deal with, you know, like when, when that happened, how did, how did you, how are you mentally, you know, able to cope with that? Like what were your, what was your mindset um, accepting that? Um, you know, I think after sophomore year, when I, when, you know, I had knowledge that a lot of kids were going to graduate and there's going to be a big gap of players and there was an opportunity for me to move up in the lineup. So I took advantage of that and I played a lot in the off season and tried to work on my game as best as I could. I got a couple new rackets and stuff yeah. to work on. And I think, um, it was definitely a very large jump going from, three doubles yeah. to two to two singles but i think it mentally it it felt kind of the same just being like practicing with varsity honestly i yeah. think prepared me the most because everyone uh, everyone i practiced was treated the same you know it was oh, the yeah. same same running same warm up for everyone so 
I think that that jump wasn't as big, but I think the skill gap was yeah. the skill change was, you know, insane. Cause I felt like I got a little bit better, but there were some kids that I was playing against that yeah. were just top of the state and there's nothing you can do about well, that. E- even with, you know, in your, you know, whatever that you're uh, exposed to, what I guess, or, you know, people like Connor and Sam who were near the top of the lineup, you know, even though, you know, the, the alumni for the team, you know, was very close, I guess. I mean, Years ago, though, you know, when I was growing up watching the team when I was in elementary school, middle school, you know, I think more alumni came back and more, you know, impressive alumni came back. Not saying people graduate ahead of me or my own classes, your classes, and it isn't anything good because, you know, there's definitely skill there. But when you have people like John Burke and Daryl Bender and people like that come back to come play, you know, it helps you out. But in a sense, it doesn't because, like yourself, you know, you're playing, you might play John Burke, who's a great athlete, Daryl Bender, who's phenomenal. But even playing against them, you, you, you can play that all you want, but it's still not going to help against these these big time players in high school that are some are younger than you. And you know, not to mention, you took number one singles from Connor Kia, which was a great feeling for me personally. Um, but uh, no, it, it's it's just it's amazing. But with that being said, though, we have we have unfortunately reached the end of this journey of this week's episode number six. But um, I want to thank you, Andrew. It, it means sincerely a lot that you would take your time, whatever it may it may have been, and spend a little bit of time here to come out and, you know, be on this episode with me. It means a great deal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is great. So what I, I, and I should have said this at the beginning. I, there's always stuff I want to say at the beginning whenever I'm editing this, but um, I wanted to start this journey. Um, I wanted to, you know, I tried other experiments and stuff like this, but I, I kind of, I, I kind of got burned out not necessarily just because not in general burned out just I was trying doing it I didn't I didn't know what I was doing just kind of doing it on the flow and it there's I got burned out didn't have anything to think of to do so I want to do this again now that you know we're in quarantine and I want to have the first you know season or two I want to have you know good friends of mine people who I really enjoy that are close to me that um although um like yourself you know you're in school in Massachusetts and it's been quarantine so we haven't seen each other in a while but I still have a relationship where I can say hey Andrew, you mind coming on my podcast um, for whatever, hour, hour and a half, and we can discuss stuff. And I really enjoy it. So thank you for coming on. For those who are listening, I want to thank you, whether you're new people or returning back. I greatly appreciate that. Um, to catch up, to watch it, if you want to watch any other episodes or listen to this one, this will be uploaded Thursday morning around 9, 10 o'clock on all podcast available stuff that you can stream on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, all the other platforms. Same title as this podcast here on YouTube, the Ice Team Meme Show, on, like I said, the same platforms. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. If you're here on YouTube, turn on post notifications if that is your thing, or if you're on SoundCloud, don't, don't forget to leave a like or follow. I, I greatly appreciate that as well. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, shit, now I got to edit this out. Um, oh, there's a website also. So on that website, you know, it's some of this has got a mission statement, and it also has a social media feed, so you can keep up to date with that stuff. There are links. Also, for those who don't know, um, there's a little section at the bottom of the website where you can leave, you know, you can um, contact form. We can ask, you know, send in a topic or discussion point that you want me and my guest to discuss for the next episode. So go on the website, theistemumeshow.com. And yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe and share, follow, share, whatever it may be, send, whatever platform listening to this. And thank you for watching. This has been Noel Dog sunglasses and my guest andrew thank you and good night for coming on today i want to thank you all for watching this great episode catch us next week around the same time for another episode of the ice tea and meme show with no dog take care and good night Mm